And welcome to week, week five of the college football season, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Never Ending Glory podcast college football show. I'm your host, Matt Monder. I'm joined by Sean Z and Nick Schillig. We are without one of the members of this illustrious podcast this, this evening. Jason Farkas is unable to join us, probably celebrating from his big eight and four week last week. What do you guys think? Is he just... Um, no doubt. Ride, it's it's, it's a little bit on me. I, I called the imp- I canceled and then called the, the impromptu pod once we realized we weren't going to get something out before Saturday. So uh, this this one's on me. The, the, the picks are under protest. Let, let's just mention that. If you go back, I tried to t- talk myself into BYU, and you guys made me take hold. Uh-huh. And then that UCLA final was a – you know, just unreal with, uh, uh, you know, most of us taking UCLA plus three and a half. So. Technically, you were going to be worse process. than that. You, weren't even, you were worse than that. You were trying not to pick it. And uh, you were you were trying to abstain. Like, that shit ain't going to fly on this pod. Come <laughs> <laughs> on with all that. Yeah. yeah you you got to be on one side you, or the yeah, other. You you're with like, Hogan, you're without him. Yeah, it's like, I was setting up the, B, uh, the BYU pick. Setting it up. Hey, man, that's on you. If you're not going to take the Hulk... That's on you. Yeah. I took a hole and ended up bankrupt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I, I, I didn't actually put any of my real money on the game, which was a smart move. Uh, but let's look back at our picks last week just briefly here. Farky was 8-4. and four, I was 7-5. and five. You two guys were bringing up the rear at 5-7. and seven. Overall, Farky is 13-11-1. He has a two-game lead over myself. And Sean and Schillig are three games behind. Guys, what are we going to put on this wager here of our picks for the year? We got to come up with some kind of bet here. What do you think? So, Farky's not here, but uh, what I would vote for is three losers got to split the, split the check on a, a nice uh, steak and seafood dinner um, from one of the fine establishments in uh, the Cleveland area, surf and turf, or you know wherever we may be. Yeah, something something big time. Um, you know, maybe a scotch or, or something uh, heavy involved. It, uh, the the other three got to split the bill, cut the check. Yeah, we, we can we can tack on another fifty a piece. So you can start with one hundred fifty bucks then the craft table too. Mandatory. There, there you go. I like that. I like that. We'll, we'll throw fifty in. That way you, the the winner gets to ride with uh, one fifty at the craft table. I'll say this: and Farky's not here to defend himself, but if he's rolling them dice on a craft table, I'm gonna be betting that don't pass line because that dude. <laughs> That dude's as unlucky, lucky as it gets. And I'll put it this way. He may be up in picks here, but he's just like me. We're licking wounds these past two or three weeks in college football because I'm getting killed. Yeah, I actually did win money last weekend, first time all year, I think, on a Saturday. NFL weekends have been much more kind to me anyway. I'm going to start claiming these losses on my taxes. You're going to get Rue Phillips on the case, baby. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right, let's look at uh, – Look at one of the results that we had on our picks last week, and this was actually one of the games I got right and the other three gentlemen did not, and that was Auburn beating LSU. And the reason we're going to start there is because probably the biggest news in college football this week was in regards to one Les Miles, the now former head football coach at LSU. And he gone. Thanks, Thanks, Hawk. Hawk. Yeah, thanks, Hawk. Hey, listen. 
Sean, I'll start with you. Everybody now is jumping on the Jimbo Fisher train for this LSU job. I don't know if I'm seeing it quite the same way. I don't know if he's even addressed it at all this week. I'm sure he probably shot it down quite quickly. But uh, Yeah, he came out again today on it, actually. Yeah. Um, he tried to downplay it all, all together on uh, Monday or Tuesday, and then today he actually had to come back out and basically say, I love it here. This is where I want to be. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but that helped kind of quiet things a little bit. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I still, I'd say it's a, a 50, 50 type, type situation. Um, I'd lean more towards, uh, him not going if I was gonna, you know, bullet or gun to my head having to make a pick, but, um, you know, with family and, and his kids, uh, recently divorced, I, I think it, it probably settles that way. The other thing is, is he looks at the Florida state team, Maybe not so much this year, but next year and the year after that, and it's set up pretty damn nicely. Um, LSU's got pretty much the same talent, maybe slightly below, uh, but they don't have the quarterback position sorted out. So, you know, it. it I, I, I've always heard kind of that's the one dream job. Um, I guess it'll be very, very interesting to see what plays out with it. The other thing to watch is Tom Herman. Oklahoma's now come out against adding Houston to the Big 12. Uh, so with that, it only makes Herman all the more attractive, uh, unless you know Houston gets pulled into another conference, which seems unlikely. But um, if they're not going into the Big Twelve, you have to think he's got to get into a big name conference. Yeah, so let's talk about Tom Hearn for a second because obviously he's the other big name that always comes up when a job like this opens, or at least uh, he's kind of put himself in that position with the year that they had last year and the way they started off this year. And he's kind of balancing out, you know, how long can I ride this at Houston while looking for that, quote-unquote, you know, the dream job or the job. Is LSU that kind of job in your opinion, Sean? Well, I I, I don't know. Um, I think LSU and the fan base is a little bit bigger for than than, – than, than it actually is nationally. It, it, they struggle paying mon- with money. Um, they actually couldn't fire less models last year. I don't know how they pulled it together this year. I think the boosters really, really chipped in on it. So, great job for Herman as far as having a national t- title contender within a year. Um, I just, I have a feeling he's going to hold out for for a bigger for maybe a, a job maybe suited to him. I think there's USC that makes a lot of sense. Um, I just, I don't know if you want to dive into the whole SEC thing. And I'll, I'll say this, Herman's uh, got a lot of um, disciplage from Urban Meyer. And I don't, I don't think Urban would, would speak too well of the SEC to, to Herman if, if they had a, you know, a conversation over a beer. I, I just, yeah. I, I don't know that the whole Florida experience was all that great for Urban. Um, it just wore him the hell out and he's just surrounded by the, the level of cheating and old Miss and some of those other schools that are in and around there. And you got, you know, the, the 5,000 pound gorilla and Nick Saban. So I, I'm not sure that that's a move for him that, uh, that he may want. I think it makes a ton of sense just coaching wise, but an athletes and system, but he, he may lo- review that and think I could have a hell of a lot easier time at USC or some of these other places. Yeah. I always kind of wondered how long he was going to wait out that big job because I think and I, n- nobody knows how long Urban Meyer intends to coach, but I think if he, if Tom Herman would wait it out, I think he would have a, a great, great chance to be the next Ohio state coach, but who knows how long, Urban's going to be in that position. And plus, I, 
I mean, USC, Texas, I think those fit him a little better. I, I don't think LSU is a top-ten program. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that, but I feel like Texas, uh, USC is fits him much better. Um, I don't think he wants to go in the grind um, going against those defenses in the SEC. So I'd see him USC, Texas, and if Ohio State opens up, then he can jump ship whenever he wants to. He can pretty much uh, write his own check right now. Well, if you're an offensive coach, I guess it makes sense to go to a conference where they play no defense like the Big 12. So that's that's a good point, Shell. Although, you know, of course, after week one, Texas was back, and now all of a sudden they're maybe not back. So we'll have to see about the Charlie Strong era at Texas. Uh, Any other thoughts on this LSU situation? Uh, They obviously promoted Ed Orgeron to be the interim head coach, interim Ed, as he's now known uh, from his USC days being the interim coach. And I thought it was hilarious, Sean, that uh, they came out this week then and said that, uh, no, we didn't actually fire Cam Cameron. Ed Orgeron fired Cam Cameron as soon as he got the job. Yeah, you, you can imagine how that coaching room was going if uh, if he took so much enjoyment and uh, stormed into old Cam's office and giving him the he gone. And <laughs> um, I will say this, LSU is going to be in a tricky spot because the players and the recruits love them some Eddie O. Like, he is big-time loved, uh, he, he and Corey, Corey Raymond specifically. So it's going to be very interesting to see what shakes out uh, between some key recruits, players there, um, just the whole kind of dynamic. And I'll say this, if, if he were to win out, other than the Bama game, but he wins all the other ones, he pulls a little bit of a Clay Helton on on that fan base potentially. So that, that might be a situation to watch. Um, you, you hope that... Well, actually, I don't really care what LSU does. I actually hope they they keep Eddie O because he's a terrible coach. So, uh, will they buy the the magic beans for this season and and beyond? Um, I, it would be pretty funny if they did. It helped the pocketbook too, right? Right, show be able to bet against them for the next uh, oh, couple of years. Maybe not this week, but yeah, uh, we'll start fading LSU real soon here. Yeah, it's interesting. This week they get Missouri at home, and they're a two touchdown favorite. We'll get to that in a, in a little bit, or or maybe we won't. I don't even know if it's worth talking about because the last couple of times I've thrown an LSU game on the slate, it's been met with I'm not watching that game. So uh, even last week's game against Auburn, I did actually watch a little bit of it, even though I said I wouldn't. Uh, that was just an awful game to watch. It was horrendous. Gus well, Mal- I'll say this. Gus we, Malzahn celebrating, that was great. We, we called it. We uh, we said it was kind of a loser-leave town match. It just uh, – I, I really thought it was going to be Malzahn packing up all his stuff or uh, them, them, you know, hanging a sweater vest in, in effigy. But uh, he survives another week. I think um, nothing from what I saw there lends itself to him, you know, being able to pull off the Iron Bowl. Uh, I still think he's got – at least two, maybe three defeats uh, on his horizon the rest of the year. So um, things are, are going to be continued hot for uh, Mr. Malzahn in, uh, in Auburn. That's disrespectful. Uh, that, that's National Coach of the Week, Gus Malzahn. But oh. let's clear that up right now. Yeah, I love that he got that. I did not even know that award existed. So There's no SEC bias. Don't worry. There's no SEC bias. Wisconsin just went into Michigan State and won. But we don't want to worry about that. We don't. We don't want to give any credit there. We're big in Alabama, so you better calm down with this uh, SEC true. talk. Here. here come the That's emails. True. Here come the emails. 
Uh, I should mention <laughs> they know how to they know how to send emails there. <laughs> wow, spot <laughs> on. I should mention, and I forgot to mention this off the top. We are uh, on Twitter at negpodcfb, negpodcfb. Make sure you follow our parent podcast at Glory Pod, uh, and check out Luke and Jerry on the original Never Ending Glory podcast. Guys, let's talk about week four and what we saw last week. Uh, let's just get into kind of what we watched on TV all day, all day Saturday. Uh, Shelly, what were some of the games that you kind of keyed in on and uh, some of the things that you took away from week four? I, the one thing I want to bring up, um, and it's kind of off the board a little bit, is, um, you know, I know we're all a little younger here, but I remember back in the days when Colorado used to be, you know, college football is better when Colorado um, is good. So I was real impressed with their win, uh, beating Oregon. Um, for the most part, I, I hate, hate Mark Alfrick. You know, he acts like he's Chip Kelly 2.0, going for two all the time. Um, what he doesn't realize is he can't recruit like Chip Kelly. So um, he might be someone He might be someone we're soon teeing up another uh, hawk to. So uh, hopefully it continues. Uh, hopefully Colorado's, you know, even though their backup played well, hopefully their quarterback comes back because, I mean, that's a, that's a team on the up and up. And, you know, I hope, I hope they keep going because, you know, I really think – College football is better when Colorado is uh, is very good. You, you big uh, Eric Bieniemy, and uh, obviously I see the Cordell Stewart being a Steeler fan yourself. So Rashawn you probably Salam. had a lot of a lot of love for Cordell in the in the parks across uh, Pennsylvania and Ohio, huh? Yeah. Well, that that slash to you, buddy. Rashawn Salam, anybody? Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> he had a great a great, a great NFL career. Sean, what did you watch last week? Uh, I, I watched a, a Florida State team rebound um, and kind of hold the fort. And, you know, they got actually uh, for for all these other teams that are playing. Florida State plays North Carolina this week. They've got Miami and and Clemson in October. I mean, it's a brutal schedule. The first six or seven games, and you know, it's not it's not a picnic either. Wrapping up with Florida, so um, obviously the Louisville trouncing, but. It's going to be interesting over the next few weeks as some of these other teams start playing each other and they start falling off, what starts to shake out uh, across um, the landscape of college football. Because you, you look at some of these conferences, is Pac, is the Pac-12 getting a team in, in the top four? If Stanford loses, is the Big 12 getting two or getting one, um, let alone one or even think of getting two in, in the whole um, Big Bowl series? You know, the SEC, they might have a case to, to get um, two, but, you know, you start to look at it and it's like, well, maybe it's just Alabama and everybody else going to have two losses. So it, it, there, there's there's going to be some interesting things transpired over the next uh, three to four weeks and then obviously the last couple weeks of the season, the way college football sets up. Yeah, I think I mean, I mean think Florida State is still in, in, in control of their destiny. If they went out, I think they're going to be in the playoff. Don't you feel that way? Well, the problem is, is they're not going to make the ACC title game. It's going to turn into a, a Friday Night Lights coin flip, um, from all that I've read. So it, there's this stigmatism: you don't make the conference game, you don't make the title game. It, it's a lot tougher. So, but if all these teams have have two losses or one loss and then no other impressive wins, uh, and you know the schedule the Florida State plays, and you can make a case they didn't have Derman, Derman James, Josh Schwett was hurt. It was one of those games that. You know, it's fourteen ten, and they fumble. I, I, you know, it did have a big rating, so I think a lot of people watched it. 
you know, it just depends on how Louisville plays its season out. If, right. if Louisville goes, you know, loses to Clemson, then Florida State beats Clemson, and then it turns into, well, we had to pick one, um, then maybe how do you pick between the other team that gets in? Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. So remains to be seen, but a lot of good football ahead, hopefully. Yeah, well, you mentioned that some of the teams uh, knocking each other off, and that starts this week because we have three matchups this week between top 10 teams so let's kind of get into these a little bit uh let's look at friday night's game first because uh, that comes first on the schedule we have stanford and washington and you talked about the pac-12 just a second ago these are really what the pack these two teams are what the pac-12 is hanging their hat on right now we have undefeated stanford going to undefeated washington washington's a three-point favorite at home stanford a little bit banged up both teams played in very competitive games last week. Washington went to overtime at Arizona and got a win. Stanford pulled one out at UCLA that they needed a 70-yard drive late to get that win. Um, Schilling, any thoughts or leans on this game from for Friday night, Stanford at Washington? Biggest game Washington's had in a really long time. Yeah, um, this is actually one of my favorites of the uh, of the weekend, I, I believe. Uh, Stanford's without their uh, top two corners, I believe. Um, and I, I hate saying this, but that was a decent win at Arizona. Uh, when you look at Washington's schedule, they got, you know, they had two big look aheads, Stanford, they're at Oregon the following week. They played nobody the first three weeks. So their first step up in competition is a, is a road night game. So and they were down early. Overtime, yeah. Yeah. yeah e- even though one in overtime, you know, I was, I'm still somewhat impressed by Washington. Um, and it, maybe just me, but on a short week, McCaffrey will still get 30 to 35 touches. He just played four or five days ago. Um, the only thing that keeps me from unloading on this is I think Washington gave up 306 yards rushing against Arizona. But uh, it's no secret what Stanford's trying to do. Uh, Burns is overrated. He's hot garbage. So uh, this is probably one of the biggest games for Washington, like you said. So I expect that crowd to be pretty amped up. Washington has a very underrated um, home field advantage, so I'll probably be laying the points here. Um, might be talking myself into a bigger bet here sooner rather than later, so, but uh, I do like Washington on Friday night. To your point, Shillick, Burns on the season has under 400 yards passing in three games. They're not getting a whole lot done through the air. Basically, we talked about this last week. If it's not Christian McCaffrey, it's nobody. Jacob Browning, on the other hand, we also touched on him last week. Sean did, at least. He brought him up. He's thrown for 14 touchdowns against two picks over 900 yards already. He's had a real nice start to the year. He's kind of starting to make a name for himself. Although, uh, you know, as Schillig just mentioned, they haven't really played anybody until last week. Interested to see how he does against a pretty solid Stanford defense in this game. Sean, your thoughts yeah, on this Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that. I, I think you'd be able to immediately compare him to, to how Rosen performed, which was, you know, lackluster um, and just kind of limp, if there was any way to describe it. Um, so I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to, to this Friday night, uh, just plop down and, uh, I'll, I'll probably be uh, doing the same thing with regards to Washington. I, I see a scenario where Stanford can kind of manhandle the line of scrimmage, keep it close early and then just wear them down in the second half. But uh, I'm going to go the, the Washington side on it. I, I, I do wonder though, if it ends up kind of squeezing down a little bit, um, uh, and closer to a pick just because, um, you know, Stanford's kind of the hot, you know, team and, and with the McCaffrey and just kind of some of the narrative on rushing as that gets out. But we'll see what shakes out here over the next 24 hours. 
Um, the one other takeaway that I had from last week, and, and it'll kind of segue to another game that I know we got on the docket or at least another team, is I watched the Florida-Tennessee game, and then it was halftime, and I went out to eat for dinner and got done, and Tennessee had scored and basically was up 10, and some idiot was fair catching the ball on the one-yard line. Um, so that was the one game that burned me big time in the pocketbook and just overall, I have no idea how the hell that happened. And I know we were texting back and forth quite a bit in that first half of the game. Florida's defense is so doggone good. It's heavy seniors and juniors and a lot of the juniors are going to declare. And for them to, to go and give up four touchdowns in the second half to a Josh Dobbs who doesn't really throw it all that well, was maybe as surprising of an outcome as there was the whole weekend. Yeah, sure. Like I know you watched a lot of this game. Unfortunately, I didn't. I had planned on watching a lot of this game, but then Notre Dame decided to give up 500 yards to Duke, so I was kind of forced to stay on NBC for longer than I anticipated. <laughs> but chill. Uh, I know you were you were pretty excited during that first half when Josh Dobbs was, I think, seven for 20 at halftime. And then uh, all of a sudden, the second half starts, and he looks like a totally different quarterback. It looks like Florida forgot to uh, bring the defense out of the locker room in the second half. I have no clue how this game turned the way it did. I mean, <laughs> if any of you guys got a chance to see some of the footage of the Tennessee students leaving the stadium at halftime, drunk and just totally dejected, <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then realizing... Come on back, baby. <laughs> yeah, that, that was some funny stuff. Feel like, what, what the hell happened in this game? <laughs> I, oh, I I mean, it's halftime. I'm counting my money, you know, figuring out what I'm going to do at 7, 8 o'clock at night at, for those late games. And I, it it reminded me of the Alabama Ole Miss game where – or the Florida State Ole Miss game where, I mean, Florida could do nothing right. So, back yeah, of quarterback but, looked off on that. Tennessee was – there were things that was happening at the end of the second quarter that built to it. Tennessee screwed something up and kicked a field goal. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I didn't yeah. see that coming. I saw, you know, maybe Tennessee would score a couple late, you know, junk touchdowns here or there. Maybe, you know, maybe looking at 24-14 final, worst-case scenario. But, I mean, I think it was a 38-0 run, and it was I, – I couldn't believe it. It was just – just flipped the switch. Yeah, it was It was, uh, It was. was 38 consecutive points. It was 21 nothing. And then it was thirty-eight, twenty-one. Incredible. But it was thirty-five in the in the second half. It was thirty-five, right. I think, in like the first what twenty minutes. Well, the twenty minutes of game time. So it's like midway through the fourth, they had to be thinking, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah. But the game was over heading into the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was basically the third, the entire third quarter was an absolute boat race in favor of the Tennessee. And I don't think anybody saw it coming. It was pretty Butch Jones probably didn't even see it coming. No. I think he still is, is – he, that third quarter may have saved his job. Well, as, no. As, he as saw it coming. Because if he, that can be, like that, that's legit thought. If you listen to Butch talk, he loves to tell you how much his team is resilient and they love to compete. So, I mean, he saw it coming. He knows what kind of team he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good God. That's Jason Farkas' music. Farky, are you with us? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> Man, are we having more issues with AT&T? Man, you might have to take your talents to Verizon or something, dude. I'm getting all kinds of other texts. I don't know what the deal is. That's why I'm skeptical. I think I was trying to get iced out. <laughs> oh, man. Check the stats, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, we, we, if I knew how to take a picture of my phone screen, I would, but I'm I'm not that tech savvy, so you'll have to trust us. So Farky is now joining the podcast. We have uh, already talked about how he is leading the overall picks by two games here through a couple weeks, and we talked about the bet. And um, basically, Farky's already counting his winnings. He's planning on a steak dinner, and he's planning on getting some money that he will quickly lose in craps. Is that right, Jay? Uh, no, I won't lose any craps. You'll but lose. What's right is that I will win. All's right in the world right now. Oh, don't play yourself, man. If you get them dice in your hands, you're the instant ice box. The cooler. You're, you're from Little Giants. The cooler. Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. I don't even know what the hell that means. Jay, oh, you, guys uh, love, you guys all love that Georgia Tech. Because we all had Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Well, Jay, what we've talked about worry, so far folks, is pretty – I'll be giving picks again this week. Go ahead, Monitor. No, I'm just going to let you kind of chime in on, on any of these topics here just so we can you can get caught up. We talked about Les Miles and uh, – yeah. There you go. Talk, the talked about just him. Just want to make sure – just want to make sure you guys touched on the grass eating. Well, he's probably eating a lot of grass now because he's got a lot of free time on his hands. Uh, yeah, we also welfare. Yeah, we also talked about um, a couple of the games from last week. The ridiculous second half explosion by Tennessee in the Tennessee Florida game. We talked about um, Florida State and a lot of Phil Sims here. We talked oh my, about. I was just yeah. about to say. Yeah. Oh my god! Did, did, hey, did you notice though? Did you notice that on the uh, on the Google sheet I hashtag talked about? Yeah. Oh yeah. Jim. Yeah. Heem. Uh, Farky, right now we're talking about the SEC and the Tennessee game from last week. Did you happen to see any of that game between Tennessee and Florida last week? No, I was sitting at a wedding reception for uh, a guy that played basketball at Walsh with me a, a couple years after. But uh, I, I was watching it on my phone and, and was literally in, in utter disbelief as I, I saw the score about probably a half hour after I thought I was I was good to go. And it was like, what? What happened? So, so pretty much the same reaction as everybody else. Uh, yeah, pretty much. So what you've missed in terms of picks is Stanford-Washington. Friday night, who are you going with? Washington minus three. Stanford. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's seg into this next matchup that, that was kind of uh, a, a perf- perfectly put on a tee because we talked about Tennessee last week and totally uh, blowing the doors off floor in the second half. I, at least – I have a feeling I know where Schillig is going with this matchup. I know where I'm going with this matchup. Tennessee at Georgia. Uh, Show and I love to zigzag. This is a perfect zigzag spot for the Georgia Bulldogs, getting three and a half at home. Schillig, your thoughts on this game? Yeah, um, you guys know where, where I'm headed with this. Uh, Tennessee just won the Super Bowl. Check. Georgia just looked like crap last week. Check. And uh, Georgia's a home dog. So uh, it pains me to do this because Georgia has looked so bad. Uh, but I got to take the Bulldogs and the points. Sean, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm going the same way. I, I, it is a little tricky just because um, Tennessee may get a linebacker back, um, and they they did kind of weather a storm against Florida, and what Tennessee does well, run the ball. Georgia does a poor job of stopping. But uh, I'm going with the zigzag here as well, so I'll take um, Uga at home. Farky. I'm also going to take Georgia. Uh, they have um, 
I, I'm not going with the zigzag, but I, even though Tennessee has the momentum, I still don't like Tennessee's team. Uh, they, they did look really good in the last quarter and a half last week, but, um, I do, I like, I like SEC teams at home for the most part, so I'm going to take Georgia at home. Yeah, I'm not sold on Tennessee either. I mean, they did look really good in the second half. I don't think anybody would deny that, but they also looked really bad for a whole half as well, and they also looked really bad for a whole game that I watched against Appalachian State. So I'm, I'm going to need to see more than a half of good football from Tennessee before I'm willing to lay points on the road in an SEC game against a, a, a decent team in Georgia and a tough place to play as well. So I'm going with the points, uh, three and a half there with Georgia. We haven't really touched on this game from last week yet, but let's get into it a little bit. Wisconsin went into East Lansing last week and um, put a 30-6 whooping on Michigan State. I know Farky was in tune to this game quite a bit because I got a lot of texts from him complaining about um, not being on the right side of this game, betting-wise. Yeah, I, this this one hurt bad. It, <laughs> I think my comment was last week that I, I hate to root against Wisconsin if I don't have to, and I, I did not want to root for Michigan State. Um it, it was a beating, man. They, it was everything I I wasn't expecting it to be. I was expecting, I was expecting, uh, I was expecting Michigan State to, to play a lot better and uh, to really hold their own at home um, with a defense that, that obviously proved to be overwhelming for Notre Dame. So um, I, I really don't have too many takeaways from it, other than it was just a simple ass beating. Well, I have a takeaway from it, and that's that Tyler O'Connor was awful. And he kind of proved what we thought he was going to look like the week before against Notre Dame. He had three interceptions. Michigan State turned the ball over four times total. Um, and they were actually uh, – they did have more yards in Wisconsin. Only 75 rushing yards, though, from Michigan State. If that's all they're going to get, they're not going to win very many football games. Shilly, thoughts on this game? Did you see this game? Um, another thing I, I, I'm i shocked by um, – I'm pretty impressed by Hornibrook uh, right now, so – I, I don't know how Houston beat him out of training camp, maybe just because he's an upperclassman, but um, he's got a good touch on the ball. Um, so yeah, I am very impressed with their quarterback play that Wisconsin's getting right now. Uh, Sean, any thoughts on that game from last week before we talk about their matchup this week? Yeah, yeah I think um, Michigan State was riding a little high. It was a perfect um, perfect spot for them to dip a little bit. They actually got out to a 3 nothing lead. Um it got dinked up at the linebacker position, which really hurt them, particularly for that defense. Uh, so it wasn't so much um, – yeah, I think it was a block punt too. Uh, and, and when games get away from you know, a team like Michigan State yeah. and on the opposite side, a team like Wisconsin can kind of just do one thing uh, and just run clock, um, it, it's really tough because they'll start running counterplays and, and things in misdirection, and it, it, it's just the margin of error just really, really decreases, and yeah. uh, Michigan State offensively can't walk that line. They could with Connor Cook. So not so much surprised at how the outcomes spiral a little bit. And One of those that a couple plays here or there, and it's probably a lot closer than the score actually indicated. But yeah. uh, I think what it does is it sets up a spot here where Wisconsin's coming in and they're still kind of valued. I would be shocked if if they were able to beat Michigan. The line what ten and a half? Yeah. I, I'm gonna lean towards Michigan covering that. I, I I still don't know how good Michigan is. I just think this is a game that they can kind of get up for and and um they don't have to kind of they haven't done anything yet. They haven't had to leave the big house and really compete. So I don't think they're gonna have that, that challenge this week either. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Michigan here, too. To your point, Sean, about the game last week, it was 13-6 and at halftime. Michigan State was down, and they were driving to start the third quarter, and L.J. Scott fumbled, and it was run back for a touchdown. Uh, and that was pretty much the end of the game, 20-6, and Michigan State's not really built to come from behind like that. So that was the end of that. But uh, I agree totally about Wisconsin being a little bit overvalued here, although the line doesn't necessarily reflect it. We talked about it last week. Shelly brought it up. Their schedule the next few weeks is brutal. And uh, they're going on the road here after a big win from last week, probably riding a little bit of a high. Michigan uh, is the fourth-ranked team in the country. They're, they have a lot to prove as well. And uh, I'm going to take Michigan here minus 10.5. Shelly? I thought I'd be the only one going this route, so you guys totally shocked me with that. Um, I expect to see a low-scoring game, so that 10.5 means a lot more than you know it would if we're talking about a Pac-12 or Big 12 uh, game. So here's what's fishy about it. The line went from 9 to 10.5. In eighty. I just looked it up, 88% of the money is on Wisconsin. The line's going up. So the line stinks. Um I'm going to wait this out because I think it's going to come under 10, but um, I'm with you guys. I like Michigan as well. Farky. I'm, I'm going to go with Michigan also. It's it's for a couple reasons. Uh, one selfish reason, I, I want nothing more than them to be undefeated when we play at the end of the year. When they play Ohio State, I, I just want to crush the Michigan fans' dreams of finally being back, finally making it to the biggest stage. So uh, for that reason, I, I, I just – do not want to have anything invested other than to root for Michigan to get there. But on, on the flip side of that, I, I I really do believe that they're one of the elite three to five teams in the country this year. I, I think they're for real. I think they're legit, and I don't I don't think this is going to be a roadblock for them. I, I think they cover the points. Let's talk about the biggest game of the week. This is, of course, Louisville at Clemson. This line opened with Clemson being a three point favorite. It is now flipped to Clemson being a two-point underdog at home at night, and this is obviously going to have a big bearing on the ACC race going forward. Sean, you probably watched these two teams more than anybody this year and last year, being a Florida State fan. Your breakdown of this matchup. I love Clemson in this game. Uh, It's the perfect spot now being the underdog. I I liked them before the line kind of flipped around. It's going to be interesting if if what play if what I think plays out comes Sunday they're going to talk about why didn't we've been sleeping on Deshaun Watson as a Heisman when in fact he hasn't necessarily merited it yet but I think Saturday and Saturday night he actually does um, and then the the other component is I, I just don't know that Lamar Jackson on grass in this environment one dimensional in that he only kind of runs. Um, It's just kind of tailor-made here for for just a turd sandwich. And then it's going to get interesting because he gets dinged around a little bit. He's one of those where if he loses a little bit of his elusiveness, we could be looking at a Louisville team by the end of the year that maybe is 8-3, and um, where you never would have bet it, you know, thinking that going into the game. I think they're a top-four national title contender now. Like, there's all this stuff that's swinging one way. And I just – I think it's too easy of a spot, actually, um, for Clemson to be able to to get their team up. Um, I I like Clemson, and I actually like them kind of 10-plus in this game. I I think if they pull away, I don't know what Lamar Jackson is going to do to bring him back if he's got to stay in the pocket and throw. Chill? 
I don't know if there's two teams I hate more, actually. So, um, Lamar Jackson's been unreal, but this is by far the best defense he's played. So, it's no secret uh, that you guys can assume I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on Clemson as well. Uh, this line last week was Clemson was six-point favorites. Wow. And it's already eight points, and it's not like Clemson looked bad last week. So, uh, I, I, I can't go against that. Everything Sean said. So, um, I, I, I expect Clemson to roll as well. And, um, you know, I hate saying that because Lamar Jackson has owned me this year. So, maybe he'll get me one more time. You know what's funny is last year I couldn't stand Clemson. and Like, I probably complained about Dabo more than anybody. I'm actually rooting for Clemson really hard in this game because I can't stand Bobby Petrino and I can't stand Louisville. It's it's flipped that much. Just well, basically give it a week. You'll you'll be back to eight on Dabo in no time because if the narrative changes come Sunday by Tuesday next week, you're you're gonna be all lathered up for Wednesday's podcast. Yeah. Uh, then I'll be hoping for that Florida State Clemson matchup, and I'll be pulling for the Knolls again. Farky, what are you thinking about this game? I, I hate to keep following the lead, but I'm I'm also high on Clemson in this game. I, I think it's a huge statement game for them. Um, I'm sure they're sick of hearing about about Louisville and their offense. And, yeah, it's churned up yards and yards and yards, but uh, they're still a a top three to five ranked defense in the country, maybe I think three. Uh, Something else that just annoys me to no end is is I saw that Jackson had like 400 yards passing, five touchdowns, over 50 yards rushing, normal normal day for him. He he graded himself an F. Yeah, I read that too. I, I, just, I think that's yeah, actually what great he gets in school. I, I, I don't <laughs> think he actually understood the question. Yeah, I, it's got uh, that, or or he's just he's become that arrogant. So I I really hope that Louisville is 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 reaching that arrogance level at this point and in, in taking these guys maybe a little light. I, I I I wouldn't think they're that stupid. I mean, it's Clemson, their top five team, so. But given the fact he graded himself an F for those numbers was just, to me, more embarrassing for him to say than anything else. And I would love to see them make a statement out of this game. Well, I actually spent more time than I care to admit watching the Louisville-Marshall game last week because I bet the game. And Louisville had their starters in with about under 10 minutes to go in the game, up 52-21, because... uh, Bobby Petrino basically took them out when they were up 52-7, I believe. Marshall came back, scored a couple of touchdowns, made it 52-21. He put his starters back in the game, including Lamar, and they went down the field and scored again with 6.30 to go in the game. To go so it's interesting you mentioned that. He kept them in against Florida State. Yeah. So, you know, the 63-20, Florida State could have got a couple cheap touchdowns to get it, you know, 55-56 to, to 30. Um, so that, that kind of, I, I can see where that, that's going to come back to bite yeah. anybody that's ever done that. Yeah, it didn't make any sense at all. I don't know if he was trying to cover the spread or what. He said, it, you know, they needed to clean up some things. But, I mean, my goodness, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And that, that's the kind of stuff, that kind of arrogance is going, like you said, that's going to come back to bite him eventually. Uh, let's go rapid fire here into some other games uh, uh, throughout the week. Let's start with the Buckeyes. Farkey, your Buckeyes. Rutgers coming to town. Uh, 38-and-a-half-point favorite the Buckeyes are. Any problem here for the Bucks? I don't think there's any problem for the Bucks. Hopefully get some guys uh, a little more healthier that are banged up, even though we just had a week off. This is one of those games where you can you can kind of uh, take an extra week and make sure everybody's, everybody's good to go when they uh, get into some more challenging Big Ten play. But, no, I don't think so. And for the sake of rapid fire, I'll just say Buckeyes cover, big win at home. 
Chill. I wouldn't bet Rutgers with any beer as his money. So uh, the only way uh, they don't cover the spread is if uh, Urban has mercy on um, on Chris Ash. So um, I mm. Rutgers awful. There's no look ahead spot because they're at home against Indiana. Ohio State is so I will take Ohio State here. Sean totally took the Chris Ash point, so I don't have anything else other than OSU covers. Yeah, I, I can't go against it. Until OSU doesn't beat the piss out of somebody that they should, I'm, I'm going to be taking them every week. I don't care how big the line is. Um, let's go to uh, a noon kick in the Meadowlands. My Irish. Here we go. Oh, God. I mean, I, <laughs> pro- I said last week I wasn't going to talk about him anymore because they didn't He gone. And, uh, yeah, let me, uh, let me tee that up. Brian Van Gorder. He gone. <laughs> it only took one week, guys. We, we talked about it last week. I said he wasn't going to get fired this year. I was dead wrong. It was that bad the week after, <laughs> it, and it really was. It was that bad. That's how this podcast is going thus far for the College Pod. When we predict something, go the dead opposite and do it fast. Hunter, I, I got to tell you, man, I, I was dying laughing when I heard he got fired, and I'm telling you, that that's how much your rant stuck with me from our pod last week because all I could think about was you said – but it, it won't happen. They're boys. They go back to this to their early they, days. <laughs> and, and and listen, his son's on the team. People don't even realize that. Brian Van Gorder's son is a backup quarterback. I mean, it, it, he's probably Deshaun Kaiser's best friend on the team. But in any case, that's how bad it was against Duke. Duke went up and down the field, basically put up 500 yards of offense. It was completely embarrassing. Um, there's nothing to say. Notre Dame is an 11.5-point favorite against uh, – Syracuse in this game. It's technically a road game, but it's really not. It's at MetLife Stadium. Um, once again, I'm tempted to take Notre Dame, and I probably will, even though I shouldn't. Um, so if, if we're going to go rapid fire, I'm going to take reluctantly Notre Dame in this game, minus 11.5. Jay, you see how excited I was to make that pick? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Notre Dame because I do think it's a blowout. But I, I also think that this is a good opportunity for the Notre Dame DBs to work against the scout team. So hopefully they can get some 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 solid looks in this week, get, get them a little more confidence under their under their wings for some bigger games to come down the road. Shall I? Can you put me down for the over? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> pretty much. That's, that's the most uh, obvious play. I'm not touching this game, but for the sake of the pod, the line opened at 14. Um, what is 11 and a half? So yeah. uh, I guess I'll take Notre Dame. John? I'm excited, about as excited about it as you are. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm so excited to watch this game Saturday. I'll, I'll probably be up at 9 o'clock getting ready for it. Oh, yeah, ripping shots. Yeah. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, this is a riveting pot. I'm not taking Notre Dame as well. If it was if it was 13, I'd, I'd maybe think about Syracuse, maybe 14 at Syracuse. Syracuse sucks so bad. I mean, they they suck. Hey, They're they got two bad. wins. I I don't know who they beat. I don't care. They <laughs> suck right now. <laughs> Notre Dame's not going to get stopped. And I got to think if they, I would say this: if you didn't fire defensive coordinator, I'd take Syracuse. But the fact that you did, I think there's a fire lit under some asses. I think they play some young kids that get after it and they make a couple mistakes, but they get enough stops where it's probably a 20-point game. So I'll I'll take uh, the Irish in this one. Syracuse beat Colgate, who I believe is 1AA, and UConn. Yeah. Well, I mean, go back and look at Duke's schedule before they came to town last week. I mean, it's... uh... 
whatever. Let's move on. Texas at Oklahoma State. This is actually a decent game. Texas is a two-and-a-half-point underdog on the road at Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy starting to feel a little bit of the heat. Sean, your thoughts on this game? Um, which Texas team is going to show up? I, I'll take Oklahoma State just because I think both teams kind of blow, and it's the Big 12, so flip a coin and just pray you're on the right side. And even when you're on the right side, sometimes you still lose, so go figure. That conference sucks. Shell? Oh, I'm tempted to agree with Sean, but uh, we need to start mixing up a little bit. Um, I guess my only argument oh, – I'm, I'm going to take Charlie, Charlie Strong on the road. Uh, Texas off the bye, uh, getting Longhorns. Wow. Gosh, this is a tough This is a tough game to pick. I'm going to take Texas in this game as well. I don't know why. I should take the home team, but, I mean uh, – I have no faith in either one of these teams, to be honest with you. And when it comes right down to it, I'll just take the two and a half and hope maybe I catch catch a break here and there. Jay? I'm going to go with uh, Oklahoma State. And and Gundy is not getting fired. That, that's all hearsay. That ain't true! You heard it here from, from Mike Gundy himself. <laughs> North Carolina at Florida State. Sean's Florida State Seminoles entertaining the Tar Heels at home. They're eleven and a half. They're eleven point favorites. Florida State is. Uh, Sean, the Knolls, are they gonna be okay this week? I'm taking UNC in the points. Uh, I like uh, Florida State to win, but I, I like UNC to cover. This guy also liked USF last week as well. Keep that in mind when you're listening to these picks. <laughs> <laughs> the, the ultimate, the ultimate reverse jinx last week. Although yes. it was scary during that first 30-second onslaught that uh, USF put up. They, they scored like – they had the over by the end of the first quarter. <laughs> Shilling. My, I, watched a, I was watching a game with a friend, and I wasn't paying attention to that television. I was watching the uh, the Wisconsin-Michigan State game. <laughs> and he, he goes, Cook is literally getting 10 and 15 yards every time he touches the ball. And I looked up looked up and saw his stats, and he had gone for like 200 yards in the first quarter. No, he had 104 in the first quarter, and he had like 192 at half. And they just didn't run him in the third quarter. Yeah, I guess Jimbo had a little blow-up in the locker room after the game, too. I wasn't well, satisfied. And, with and uh, pod favorite, Jack Patrick, gave the point. As he was about to run somebody over, yeah, which did. is a huge clip for for those that are following on Twitter. So he called a shot and ran him over, and then talked a little junk after. Uh, Shilling, who are you picking in this uh, game? I think it's too many points. Give me uh, North Carolina at eleven. Larry Fedora, baby. Jay. All right, I'm going to get some parity in here. I'm going uh, Florida State to cover. Some parody that that, that that doesn't even make sense. He's trying to even it out. I see where he's going with it. Uh, boy, I'm going to take Florida State as well. UNC, a big emotional win last week against Pittsburgh. Pulled one out of their ass a little bit. I'm going to take Florida State to uh, get it down at home by a couple of touchdowns. Uh, the coach I like to watch game of the week for comedy purposes, Texas A&M at Will Muschamp. Will Muschamp plus 17 and a half at home. Um Jay, any feel for this game? Not going with Will Muschamp this week. Not not feeling Will Muschamp. Texas A&M, What's by the way, sneaky, line on it? sneaky good win last week against Arkansas. They, they controlled that game from start to finish for the most part. Played pretty well. I watched a little bit of that game. Um, 
I am going to take South Carolina plus 17.5 at home, thinking maybe A&M lets down just a little bit enough for South Carolina to cover the spread. Sean? Uh, I'd love to take South Carolina if Muschamp had any of his players in there and had an offense that could just get 10 points. But I got to take AM. I, I think it's a 20, 20 to nothing type game or, or even worse. I just, it, they can't move the ball. They barely scored against Vandy. Vandy sucks. Jelly? Yeah, South Carolina and Vandy both need to be relegated to the, uh, to the Big 12. Um, this is one of the only ones I bet early. South Carolina, or Texas AM actually was up 13 and a half. I got him at Ooh. 14. Um, so it's moved a lot. That tempts me to take South Carolina in this pod, but I I cannot take South Carolina. They're so bad. So it's a huge letdown spot for AM, but um, I'll lay the points for the pod. Utah at Cal. Cal had a hilarious game last week against Arizona State. If anybody was up till two o'clock in the morning, like I was watching this game, and you had the Cal or the you had Arizona State last week, God bless you, because the last two touchdowns that Arizona State scored in the game were a pick six and an onside kick uh, return for a touchdown to cover the spread. Um, Cal this week is a two point favorite against Utah at home. Jay. I'm going Utah. I like the Utes. I like uh, I like the win last week too. Chili. Uh, Cal off a disappointing loss. Utah off a surprising win there at the end. Um, I'm a big Davis Webb fan. Um, I think I said he, that I think he can go in the first round of the draft. So you guys can ridicule that all you want. I'm taking Cal. I'm going to take Cal as well, Sean. I'm going Cal. I, uh, you, you like Davis Webb. I love the Hanson kid. I, he, he's got – I, I want to see what he runs. He's got a ton of Jordy Nelson to him. Just catches everything. Seems like a big-time athlete. And anybody that guards him struggles. So, at the very least, he's maybe a Joe Jurevicious um, or someone that's able to kind of use use his body, maybe an Altoon or something, a little throwback there. But uh, I, I like him a lot. And um, – the the web enhancing connections big time. They get him the ball a lot. Uh, I, I like him in that one. Utah for for what they did against UCL, USC, they seem to struggle at times, like consistently moving the ball. And they better be ready to kind of get up and down the field if if they're going to play with Cal. And um, I, I like the home team here. Shouldn't be it shouldn't be an issue since Cal gives up nine yards shy of five hundred yards a game. So. <laughs> I, I I very well could be dead wrong on this one, and and uh, you know come Saturday night be uh, licking my wounds yet again. You guys really think I'm going to complain about stretching my lead? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we'll just chip in and buy you a new phone so you can get these text issues worked out. <laughs> That's right. Last game on the docket, Memphis at Ole Miss. I actually like Ole Miss a lot in this game. This would normally not be a great spot to take Ole Miss because they're off a big win last week. They looked really good. But I think the revenge factor from last year kind of uh, negates that a little bit. I think they're ready to go at home. This is a 14.5-point spread. I like Ole Miss to cover that spread against Memphis. Um, Schilling. Uh, you stole all my thunder there. I think uh, Memphis is completely overrated this year uh, in the revenge spot, so I will uh, lay the points to Ole Miss as well. Jay? 
I, I liked the old the old Miss win last week because I, it was one of my picks. I, I'm I'm really getting sick and tired of this team because I'm week to week you never know which one's going to show up and which which team you can expect really who they are at this point. But this game is is just teed up based on our buddy Nader who is <laughs> just a consistent Memphis loser. So for that reason alone, I'm taking Old Miss. It could be 110 points, and I'm taking Old Miss. I mean, totally stole all my thunder. I was going after Nader on this one. He loves Memphis. The only time that I've bet Memphis is if they're playing Kansas, and it was the one time that he's not told me to get on Memphis when we were in Vegas. So I'm still bitter about it with him. Oh, my God. He, back, he backdoored you with them in, in Vegas? Behind my back, yes. And then he bet Louisville as I had Florida State. But I actually had told him to do that, and then I caved on the Saturday morning and bet Florida State stupidly. So I, I'm going with you. They could set the line at. 5,000, and I, I would either stay off of it or I'd bet Ole Miss and Chad Kelly. I'm taking Hugh Freeze. I think this is the perfect spot for them to build some further momentum through the season. As I said earlier, I'm not sure if they lose even another game, uh, but but we'll see. Maybe one other, but um, that, that team uh, rolls this week and sets them up for the remainder of SEC play. I'm, I'm actually I'm anointing this my number two game of the year. My pick of the year. Wow. Great. Thanks for that. Was, yes, was, wasn't number one Louisville and Florida State when you picked Florida That's State? That's right. Yeah, but we have we have we have an influencing factor here for this game that is unprecedented. The Nader. That's Memphis' is schedule. Southeast Missouri State, Kansas, Bowling Green. Wow. Murderers Row, baby. Anything else, fellas, before we wrap this up? No, let, let folks know where they can uh, follow us, email us, whatever. And yeah. uh, we'll also be posting our picks uh, up to game time yeah, we try, uh, uh, on the Twitter, we correct? Try, yeah, we try and, uh, and post the, the picks uh, pretty close to kickoff of, of that uh, session of games. So we'll be pretty active on Twitter all weekend at NEGPodCFB. Make sure you follow Jerry and uh, Luke at Glory Pod as well. Make sure you catch the Never Ending Glory podcast as they break down the NFL this week. Uh, gentlemen, I think that's about it for us. We will can see we, Can we get one more plug in real quick? Yeah, go for it. But when Sean, when are those engagement photos getting dropped? Because we're all uh, we're all waiting for that. So, I mean, this this is. This I thought, is you know what? Uh, Buckeye Vodka. Big ups to Buckeye Vodka. Uh, I'll be drinking that heavily this weekend. Um, and it's already a purchased bottle, so I don't have to pay for it after you know the weekends and weekends of money that I've I've dropped. So, uh, props don't to Buckeye get- Vodka, and uh, looking forward to you know passing out next to a, a bottle come Friday night <laughs> as I'm uh, home alone, Macaulay Culkin style. Don't we get cases of that shipped to us now? We should. We should. We're working on it. Working on it. All right. That's going to do it for the Never Ending Glory podcast, college football show. Enjoy the games this week, everybody. For Sean Z, Farkey, and Shill, this is Monner signing off. We'll talk to you next week. Going back out. Play the music. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's all about you. One time. I'm going to say it's all about you. Yeah. Put a that yeah. think it's all about you. It's all about you.